0: Your locked on Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team
1: just every win. day. Just win is a Raider,
0: pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Tuesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, June first. 2021 your boy q here you can always find me on twitter as many of you do at your boy q254 of course the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line always wide open like some old school tv antennas 707-654-4693 again it is june 1st 2021 very very excited today is little q's 18th birthday June 1st, that's right. 18 years ago, Little Q was born. Very proud of the young man. He's uh, graduating on June 8th. He's going to go to Western Oregon. He's got a scholarship. He's going to play basketball. He's got so much ahead of him. He's got really, really good grades. I tell him all the time, man, you've done way more in your short lifetime than I've done uh, in my entire lifetime. So very, very proud of the young man. Uh, it's so funny. One of my biggest memories, one of my favorite memories of uh, of Little Q and myself, man, He was. Uh, we were living together in Fresno, and I can't remember what year it was, and I know Raider Nation will remember this game immediately, but we were watching the Raiders and Steelers play against each other, and it was in Pittsburgh. Bruce Grakowski was the quarterback, and I I don't remember what year it was, but the Raiders won this game, but the Raiders and the Steelers kept going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They even went to overtime, and the neighbor that we had in the apartment next to us was a big-time Steeler fan, so he heard us cheering for the Raiders every time they scored, so he started cheering even louder for the Steelers every time they scored, so we heard it. And also we started banging on the wall and little Q started banging on the walls like touchdown Raiders. He started screaming at the wall. It was great. And then all of a sudden the neighbors started banging on the wall. And obviously the Raiders ended up coming out on top of that game. Uh, picked up that victory. Bruce Gratkowski, like I said, was the quarterback. The game was in Pittsburgh, but it was a it was a heck of a win. And just I mean, it's just so funny uh, hearing little Q get fired up and he just wanted to scream at the at the wall anyway and hit the wall. So anyway, today he turns 18 years old. I remember his birthday when the day he was born, like it was yesterday. And man, this time flies by. So a shout out to my man, Little Q. Uh, Today's show is really dedicated to him. Uh, Happy birthday to him as he turns 18 and then graduates just a few days later, uh, June 8th. And uh, we'll be going on to Western Oregon to play basketball. Coming up on today's show. Segment number three, you're going to get calls, texts, plus a tweet. Locked on Raider Podcast voicemail line. I mentioned the number earlier, 707-654-4693. And, of course, if you want to tweet at me, at your boy Q254, you can send me a direct message if you want, and uh, I'll try to get it on the show as well. So that's coming up in uh, segment number three. Segment number two, I got a text message on the Locked on Raider Podcast voicemail line about uh, a couple of different topics that East Bay Jorge wanted me to cover these different topics and uh, there's a bunch of them so I'm not going to go over all of them but there's a couple in there that I will uh, you know pull to the side and I will use because I think they're really really good and I think it's a good conversation piece so that's going to come up you'll hear the, the text from East Bay Jorge in segment number two and then my response to a couple of the different topics that he has and again he has like five or six different topics on there but I'm only going to respond to a couple of those and then here is segment number one just news and the notes of the day as we always do. So let's go ahead and jump right into it and today is the day man being June 1st today is the day where Julio Jones Aaron Rodgers they both could be available for other teams now I've given my opinion before on Aaron Rodgers but there was another update they came down on Monday on Memorial Day about Aaron Rodgers and according to the Packers GM they still have no plans on trading Aaron Rodgers and that's how I feel anyway I don't think he's going to get moved but according to former NFL agent Joel Corey who now works for CBS Sports I, I quote him on this show quite a bit if they were to trade him after today they'd free up 16.05 million in cash space this year but then they'd have 21.15 million in dead money but it's a huge savings off the 38.356 million dollars dead money if they traded him before June 2nd so uh the Packers they they are not they're talking about they're not going to trade him at all again I don't think that they would but the only way that they really will end up coming to the table and deciding to move on from him is if they really truly believe that he's not going to play anymore I don't believe that. You know, I know that everyone was talking about that interview with Kenny Main. That interview he did with Kenny Main meant nothing to me. I mean, I watched it, I listened to it, and I got nothing from it saying that he's not going to play for the Packers. Now, I know he's feeling some kind of way. That's what happens in the NFL when you start to get older because teams start to prepare for, you know, life after you. And that's just kind of what happens. But I just don't see them moving on from him. But anyway, either way you look at it, the conversations around Aaron Rodgers and, of course, the conversations around Julio Jones are going to get hot and heavy as as of, well, today, because now they can start to make moves and save some money on the on the salary cap, which is something that every team wants to do. And speaking of Julio Jones, not only is there a chance that he can get traded, and I do think he's going to get traded. The difference is Aaron Rodgers, I think, is going to stay in Green Bay. Julio Jones, I do believe he's going to get traded. But, of course, in true Julio Jones fashion, the report came out on Monday, on Memorial Day, that he wants a new contract. How many times have I said every single year, Julio Jones, as good as he is as a wide receiver, he always wants a new contract. Right now, he's supposed to make $15.3 million in 2021. In 2022, he's under contract for fifteen point five, million, and only $2 million of it's guaranteed. And in 2023, he's supposed to collect $11.5 million, even though there's no guaranteed money on that contract but in true fashion of Julio Jones every single year he wants a new contract so not only does a team and and I'm talking about the Raiders here, not only does a team have to trade for him, give up some draft capital, but now they also are probably going to have to address his contract, and look, a team could trade for him like the Raiders could trade for him and say, hey look Jack, you're under contract through 2023 we don't have to address it, but then you have a disgruntled guy on your team, and do you really want that, or do you want a guy who's going to go out there and ball out? No, you want a guy who's going to go out there and ball out, and that's similar to what Antonio Brown did. Remember when he was in Pittsburgh, he wanted a new deal as well. He goes to the Raiders. They give him a nice different contract when they, uh, when they signed him and then also he still acts a fool, ends up not ever playing a game for the Raiders. And I'm not saying Julio Jones is going to do the same thing, but it gets so tiring and so old that every single year Julio Jones wants to ask for a new contract. I don't know what the deal is with this dude. I, I get it, man. The NFL stands for not for long. So... You got to go get the as much money as you can while you can. I get that, but when you sign a contract and it's four or five years, I mean, you've got to play it out a couple years, right? I get it if you outplay your contract, but every single year, this dude's back on the on the table talking about, "I need a contract extension. I need a contract. I need a better contract. i I need to be uh, paid like the rest of the guys." Every single time a new guy gets paid, they're gonna they're gonna outdo you. That's just the nature of the beast. So at 32 years old, what's he gonna do now? So if I'm a team that trades for him, I really just kind of stall him out, even though I don't want a a disgruntled player on my squad. I really don't. I want a guy that, you know, wants to be there and is going to go ball out for me. But at the same time, man, you can't ask for a new contract every single year. I mean, man, I get it. You're good. You're damn good. And Julio Jones would make the Raiders great. But do you want that on, on your deal as well? Do you want a guy that also is begging for new money, more money again? I mean, man, oh, man, come on, give me a break. Every single year is too much. I mean, at least do every other year. Give me a break. You know what I mean? But every single year, this conversation comes up. And so uh, it's something I've been talking about. And the minute that uh, Julio Jones was on the trade block from the Falcons, I said it on this podcast that, hey, there's two things about Julio Jones. One, he always wants a new deal. And two, He's not always available for 16, 17 games a season. So I, I know last year he only played nine games, uh, and and before that he was a good you know, 14, 15, 16 game guy. But, man, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm just so tired of that dude talking about I need a new deal. Look, man, just play your deal. You're going to get 15-something million this year. That's not enough? I mean, really, that's not enough. I know that I'm, you know, I'm going to do this broke. So I get it. $15 million to me is something that I would never even think about. I wouldn't know what to do with that. I'd act a fool my damn self if I had $15 million. But, man, every year you got to beg for some more money? Come on, man. That that just gets old to me. So, anyway, that's the latest and the greatest when it comes to Julio Jones and also Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers, I think, does not get moved. Julio Jones, I do think, gets moved uh, sometime this week. And my final little nugget here for segment number one of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast news and notes of the day is really something that comes from betonline.ag. And a lot of times I don't bring this to the table, but I found it kind of amusing and thought it was kind of funny when I saw them put out a, a, a graphic about the odds for the NFL's first coach to be fired. Look. It says June 1st. You know what I mean? The, the the teams have not even got to training camp yet, and there's already odds on the teams that are going to fire their coaches first. So I thought it was kind of funny, especially since John Gruden's name is in there. And uh, so Mike McCarthy, Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy, he's the favorite to get fired first at plus 750. Vic Fangio from the Denver Broncos, he's second at plus 800. And I'll say this about Vic Fangio, I like him as a coach a lot. I think he's a great defensive coordinator. I think he's trying to figure out how to be a head coach. This is the first time he's been an NFL head coach in his career with the Denver Broncos. I think it was well overdue, but... Uh, We'll see. We'll see if he's able to figure it out and get things going. Of course, they got to get that quarterback position solidified. Uh, I mean, I can go back to Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys. I just think that that's kind of a work in progress. Matt Nagy with the Bears. I think he should have been the first guy, but he's at plus 850, so he's third. And then there's John Gruden, who's at plus 1,000 to be fired, so he's fourth on this list. And I'll tell you right now, and I've said it multiple times, John Gruden's not going to get fired. The way John Gruden's going to get fired is if he fires himself. He's not going to get fired anytime soon. That's Mark Davis's guy. He's got that. 10-year deal, and the only time that he's going to be out of that position is if he feels like, I can't do this. I'm not getting it done. I've got to move on, and that's when he'll remove himself from that position. There's no way that Mark Davis fires him. I don't care if he doesn't make the playoffs in 2021. Obviously, I do care. I want the Raiders to make the playoffs, but if they don't make the playoffs, he's not going to get fired. They may have a come-to-Jesus meeting, but he's not going to get fired. And there's no way that Mark Davis is going to pay out his contract. And I don't know the inside language of it or how he can get out of that contract, but there's no way he's going to pay out that contract and then hire another coach. It's just not going to happen. And then the fifth coach to round this thing out uh, at plus 1100 is Mike Zimmer of the Minnesota Vikings. So Mike McCarthy, I don't think he's on the, on the hot seat, uh, Vic Fangio, I can see him kind of being on the hot seat. Matt Nagy, I definitely think he's uh, a good potential to get fired. Uh, and Mike Zimmer, maybe. He's a hell of a coach. I like Mike Zimmer a lot. He might get fired, but... I think Matt Nagy is the one out of the five coaches that is almost guaranteed to get fired unless they get that quarterback position figured out and they get things cooking. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you're going to hear the text from East Bay Jorge. He has a couple different subjects that he wants me to talk about. It's about five or six of them, but I'm really going to just pick out two or three that I think are really, really good. We'll talk about that in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, I do have a couple great sponsors I want to tell you about and one is rockauto.com. I've told you about them for a long time because, well, I like talking about them. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for over 20 years. All you gotta do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. Engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet. If you need it, they've got it. Please believe that. It doesn't matter if your car is a classic or a daily driver. Everything you need is a few easy clicks away, and the parts are delivered directly to your door. Rockauto.com catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. You quickly can check all the parts for your vehicle, choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices that you prefer. That's right. The prices at rockauto.com are super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Right now, go to rockauto.com, check out the parts available for your car or truck, and while you're there, the only thing I ask you to do is write in the little box that says, how'd you hear about us? Just write Lockdown Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and that I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need is at rockauto.com. I also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag. They are the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA... All of that is going on right now. There's some good playoffs going on with the NHL and the NBA. So before the next pitch, the next bucket, the next goal, the next knockout, the next anything, you know what I mean? Headonline.ag has got you covered. You need to head on over there on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Get off the sidelines. Get into the game. Your team's on the run for the playoffs. You should be on the run for the playoffs. Again, head to the website on the mobile device or your laptop, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit only way you do that is betonline.ag you got to use the promo code locked on if you use that promo code locked on you'll get that 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts segment number two it's up next your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to share a text that I got on the Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line at 707-654-4693 from East Bay, Jorge. And the reason I I separate this is because there's a lot of different subjects in this text. And I thought it was a really, really good one. I'm going to just choose a couple to really talk about. But I'm going to let you hear the whole thing. So it says, Q, I love your show. Thank you. I offer you some content because, well, you demand. When you win, we all do. What does a successful season look like for Alex Leatherwood? How do we evaluate him? PFF grade, sacks given, how would you evaluate Alex Leatherwood? That's one subject. Then the next part of his text, name a player on offense and defense that has to have a big year this season or else. That's part two. If you had to pick up a fresh brand new jersey this year, whose is it and why? That's three. Q, I'd love to hear who is your past all-time favorite Raider and your current. Mine is Bo and Darren Waller. That's like four. Which team in the division do you predict to be the most improved from last year? That's five. All right, that's all for now, my dude. Take care. Love your show. Thank you. East Bay Jorge. Oh, wait, one more. Most hated player on each team in the division and why? That's like six or seven different uh, subjects that East Bay Jorge has, and I do appreciate that. And that's how the Lockdown On Raider podcast voicemail line works, or even Twitter. You can tweet at me at your boy Q two five four. And sometimes you can provide something that I can look at and say, "Yeah, you know what? I could talk about that. I can have a, you know, I can have a few minutes and, and spend some time on it." So I definitely appreciate the text. I'm not going to address the whole thing because that'll be a very, very long segment. But I do think. The first one that you ask about Alex Leatherwood, how do we evaluate him on a successful season? I think that's a great topic. I mean, I really do, because I think that that is important. Alex Leatherwood is always going to be scrutinized. He's going to be similar to Cleve Ferrell, where Cleve Ferrell was picked at number four, and everyone said, What? You pick Clee Furl at number four. So now, no matter what Clee does, and I think Clee's a really good player, his biggest drawback or his biggest hangup, what hurts him the most is where he was selected. And I was on with Vinny Bonsignor on Friday, and I talked about that, and he said, yeah, but Q, it's a few years removed now. We can't worry about where he was selected. I said, I'm not worried about it. I don't care where he was selected at. I'm just saying why Raider Nation can... Talk bad about him because he doesn't have the numbers, the sack numbers, to justify the number four pick overall. That was my biggest point when it comes to Cleve Farrell. And that's not for me. That's for Raider Nation that's looking like, wait a minute, the Raiders could have had another guy or They could have gone and picked a couple different guys that have had way more sacks in their career than Cleve Ferrell, but they went and got their guy. So that's going to be the same situation with Alex Leatherwood. The thing about it is he's an offensive tackle, so that's going to help out a lot, just like Colton Miller when he was selected in 2018, and I was at that draft in Arlington. I remember thinking the Raiders were going to get Derwin James, and I was all fired up, and there was a 49er guy. We are in the media section. There was a 49er guy right next to me, and he was all pumped up about Derwin James, and all of a sudden they went with McGlinchey, and I started laughing my tail. Off. Man, I was laughing, dogging. I damn near did a dance in his face. You know what I mean? Like I almost did the Deion Sanders dance. I was just I was rolling. Then all of a sudden the Raiders traded back a couple times and went and got Colton Miller and he just looked at me and I just hey my bad. <laughs> my, bad. I got humbled real quick that day. But either way you look at it, Alex Leatherwood's gonna be judged by where he was selected. And Everyone who's listened to this show for a while knows that the minute he was selected in the first round, I did a show, you can go back and look, and I wasn't happy about it. I wasn't happy about the selection at number 17 overall. Thought they could have had him in the second round. We could debate where he was supposed to be selected all day long, every day. It doesn't matter. We can do that. But I'm not going to do that. I think it's got to be the eye test. I don't think it's the PFF grade. I don't think it's the sacks given up. I don't think it's any of that. I think Alex Leatherwood will be judged off the eye test. And what I mean by that is, how does he hold up? How do the Raiders play when he's at the right tackle position? Does he hold down that spot? For the longest time, and that's why they went out there and spent the big money on Trent Brown, that right tackle has been a turnstile. It's been that place where there's just been a guy after a guy after a guy put there, and that's always been the weakest link of the line. Well, you're always as good as your weakest link, right? So if Alex Leatherwood could go in there and be the road Raider that, you know, Trent Brown was supposed to be, if all of a sudden the Raiders are able to run the ball really well on the right and the left side, then Alex Leatherwood's doing his job. If it doesn't look like it's a a liability like it's been before when Trent Brown wasn't in there, then he's done his job. Uh, Again, I'm not worried about the pro football focus grade. I say it all the time. That's kind of, you know, it's hit or miss sometimes. It doesn't tell the whole story. Uh, Pro football focus is very good, but it's not the end-all, be-all. Sacks happen for multiple reasons. Sometimes the quarterback holds onto the ball a little bit longer. Sometimes the quarterback rolls into a sack. I mean, there's all kinds of different situations that can lead to a sack. I think that Alex Leatherwood is going to be judged on the eye test. How do people see that side of the ball protected? If the Raiders are able to run the rock and Derek Carr is able to get the ball out of his hands and Alex Leatherwood's able to hold that spot down, uh, you know, then, then, then all is good, you know. And, and most importantly, when it gets down the road, you know, two or three years down the line, is Alex Leatherwood a guy that you think, okay, the Raiders are going to pick up his fifth-year option or they're going to extend him like they did Colton Miller? If he continues to get better each and every year like Colton Miller, that's a success regardless if I liked him pick to 17 or not. So that's kind of how, in my opinion, you're going to judge Alex Leatherwood is really off the eye test. Now, your next question, name a player on offense and defense that has to have a big year this season or else. I think a player on offense, and I hate to say this, I think Henry Ruggs, last year's first round draft pick, number 12 overall, I think he has to have a big year. I don't think that some of his failures in 2020 were all on him. I think some of that was on the Raiders. I think some of it was on him. I think he's got to come in there and be a better pro. I think he's got to be used as a weapon a lot more. I think he's got to have more production from the wide receiver position. So I feel like that's the easy one. Josh Jacobs, to me, is going to go in there and give you 1,000 yards. That's just who he is. Kenyon Drake, I'm excited about the addition of him. Darren Waller, you know who he is. Hunter Renfro, you know who he is. Brian Edwards, I think he's going to have an opportunity to, to, to flourish. I don't know what that's going to mean, but I think Brian Edwards has an opportunity to be a good player, but he's got to stay on the field. So as far as I'm concerned, on offense, the guy that's got to be or got to play – better and have a really good season or or, or there could be some kind of question marks at the end of the season. I think 2020 kind of gave Henry Ruggs a mulligan. I think Henry Ruggs has got to have the the big season this year. I think he's got to show why the Raiders picked him number 12 overall. Why was he the first wide receiver taken off the board? That's going to be important. And on defense, I don't think this should be a surprise either. Third year safety, Jonathan Abram. And I've said it, and I know people hit me up sometimes on Twitter, like, man, you hate Jonathan Abram. No, I don't. I don't hate him. I just know that he hasn't played up to his potential. His first year, he only played a half a game, and then he was out. His second year, it was hit or miss. He had moments where he was good, and then he had moments where he was really, really bad. I'm excited about the potential for Jonathan Abram because I think Gus Bradley is going to bring out the best in him. I think putting him down in the box is going to help out a lot. I think that puts him in his natural element and puts him in his natural place and will make him be a playmaker. I look at Jonathan Abram, and I see... Uh, 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 a lightweight Jamal Adams. I really do. Jamal Adams is a hell of a player, a hell of a safety, but he plays in a box. He gets after the quarterback. He gets sacks. Most of the time, he leads his team in sacks. He doesn't pick off the ball a lot. He's not really very good in coverage, but man, that dude could just go out and play football. If Jonathan Abram could be anything close to Jamal Adams, the Raiders have a winner, but this is the year that they're going to have to decide if they have a winner or if they just have a player. You know what I mean? Because again, he's in his third year now. And it's not, you know, it's not the Raiders' fault that he missed all of his rookie year. I mean, on on paper, he's really only in his second year. But in reality, he's in his third year. And at this time next year, they're gonna have to decide if they're gonna pick up his fifth year option or not. If they don't pick up his fifth year option, he's good as gone. You know, so then, then you look at it and say, well, that's a first round draft pick that they don't re sign and they don't bring back. You want to bring back your guys. That's how you tell if you've got a really good player in the draft if you re sign them. So Jonathan Abrams got to prove a lot this year. He looked a lot more focused when he was at OTAs and he had that media session. I mentioned it the other day. I talked to Cassie Soto on Friday about it, and she said that Jonathan Abrams looked like he was a lot more motivated. And I know I mentioned his hair and I mentioned his, you know, dancing on the field and everything. That plays a part in it. When guys feel loose and when guys feel like they could do what they want to do, they get a little bit, you know, a little froggy. And I'm not judging a dude just by off the hair that he came into camp with last year, but it just felt like he had already arrived when he'd only played a half a game. So this year, he looks like he's super focused. He looks like he's ready to go out there and prove something. He said himself he's excited about being able to play in an in, in a element that's a little bit more to what he does best, which is up in the box. I think Gus Bradley's going to get the most out of him, which – if you've been listening to this show for long enough, you know it's something I've been talking about. Whatever Gus Bradley was, was interviewed by John Gruden about the defensive coordinator position, the very first question that Gruden should have asked was, how do you get the most out of Jonathan Abram? And then judge this hire based off of that answer. Because he's a guy you've got to get a lot out of. He's a guy that sounds like he's the part. He looks like he's the part but he's got to go out there and play the part. So on offense, I think Henry Ruggs, this is a huge year for him. And defensively, I think it's a no-brainer that Jonathan Abram, this has got to be a year, big year for him as well. If he doesn't succeed this year, I definitely do not see them picking up that fifth-year option. Um, and as far as your other questions, if you had to pick up a fresh brand-new jersey this year, who is it and why? I, I don't buy jerseys anymore after the Mack trade. I, I, I called it a day. <laughs> I did, and I know I got a, a Josh Jacobs jersey, but that was a gift. I just don't buy jerseys anymore I just I just won't do it because I mean the NFL is so different now free agency is so quick fast in a hurry and, and guys are gone so fast so I, I wouldn't buy a jersey anymore plus i don't I don't really wear jerseys anymore it's just not my thing so that's that wouldn't be what I do um, then you also asked about your all-time favorite Raider current and in uh, past uh Charles Woodson was my guy he's always gonna be my guy uh he, he's the dude anytime I see 24 that's all I think of is Charles Woodson and a current player um. The current player I'd probably have to say is uh, Josh Jacobs. I I do like Josh Jacobs a lot. I think he's got that dog in him. Uh, you know, coming from Alabama, I, I, I like Josh Jacobs a lot, so I think that's where I would I would go. I'd go Charles Woodson and Josh Jacobs because I love the run game, and of course, defense is really what I really really uh, like to hang my hat on. Defensive backs are always my favorite. So, uh, shout out to Seawood and shout out to uh, Josh Jacobs. So that's all I got for you, East Bay, Jorge. Thank you so much for that text. So that was great stuff. Uh, lots of good stuff to get to. You had a couple more subjects there that I I didn't talk about, but it, it's all good, man. I definitely appreciate it. Uh, anytime you you reach out by by way of the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. Speaking of that number, coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts. And I got a tweet, at your boy Q254. That's the way you can hit me up. I got that all coming up. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And I've been telling you about Built Bar for many, many, many moons, man. And right now, there's nine delicious flavors that they're choosing from, or they're trying to specify. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everyone. Coconut almond, that's my favorite one. And it's funny because back in the day, I wasn't even a coconut guy. But the Bilt Bar Coconut Almond is really, really good. If you don't know which ones you like, maybe you should get two of each. You can get a mixed box. I'll give you two of each. I'll give you 18 different bars. uh, Two of each of the nine flavors. Really, really good. And if you go to the website, builtbar.com, there's always a limited time flavor. Over the past couple weeks, we've had the the birthday uh, cake with, with sprinkles. We've had orange. Uh, there's been a bunch of different flavors that are just limited time. It's like a couple days here or maybe even one day. So if, if there's a different flavor you're looking for, check out the website because they could have that limited time offer. The bars are 100% covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They're great for you and they taste great. So what else do you want? You know, well, you can have a snack, but it's a good snack for you. So go ahead and make that happen. BuiltBar.com. When you check out, make sure you use the promo code LOCK15. If you use that code, you're going to save 15% off your order just like that. That's LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. Segment number three, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team is... Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raiders podcast voicemail line. You know the number, 707-654-4693. Also, got a tweet, at your boy Q254. You can always send me a direct message, and I'll try to get that on the show as well. I got one of those coming up on today's show. But let's start things off with a text from Scott in Ohio. Before I get into Scott's text... By popular demand, going to go ahead and sound that alarm one time because Scott in Ohio, yeah, he's a new booty. He says, Q, Scott from Ohio, first-time texter, two-year listener. Just want to say thank you. Thank you for your support for the military, both past and present. As a veteran, and I'm sure I speak for all of us, it is truly appreciated. Thanks for all you do for Raider Nation, Raider Nation for life. That's Scott in Ohio. And, Scott, thank you. Honestly, thank you. Uh, I I love the military. I respect the military. I've been at some events in Central Texas at Fort Hood uh, that I've really been able to kind of get a up close and personal feel for what the military does. And I know damn well that I can never do and I can never sacrifice the way that you have sacrificed or others have sacrificed. And, of course, with Memorial Day being on Monday, I know that's for the, the passing of a lot that have given their lives for, uh, for people like me, knuckleheads like me, to be able to talk on the radio, talk on podcasts, kind of do what I do and live my life. So, yeah, I, I, can, I, I can do a lot of things in life, but that is not one of them. So I know that uh, people like you have given the ultimate sacrifice, and I always appreciate that. And I've said it so many times. I mean, I've been doing this podcast now. Uh, This is my fourth season I've been doing the podcast here. And I always say that it sucks that we always – ooh, I just killed a fly. Hold on. Sorry. There was a gnat flying around my face, and I finally killed it. Woo! All right. Anyway, back to the conversation. We always – Like start to focus on the military around Memorial Day, Veterans Day, Fourth of July, you know, days like that. And there's just so many times that it goes by where we don't recognize our military or our veterans on the daily. And that a a lot of times that's my own fault and that's others faults as well. You know, but anytime that you see someone in their army fatigues, I try to do this anytime I get a chance and say, hey, thank you. That goes a long way. I know how much that means to, to different military personnel when when people say that. So I try to do that, but I know that sometimes, you know, in the everyday just hustle and bustle and, and moving along, you just kind of get caught up in it and you, and you forget. So that's why on Friday when I mentioned Memorial Day, I mentioned veterans as well. And I know that people, some people get offended and they're like, no, Memorial Day is just about the ones that have passed away. I get that but let's not forget about the ones that are actively serving right now because that is so stinking important. So, Scott, thank you so much. Again, thank you for your service, and I appreciate you uh, reaching out to the Locked On Raiders podcast. Next up is a call from KB from the 217. He's calling to talk about a few different topics, including the defense, and wanted to point out someone that he feels needs to really step up. Here he is, KB from the 217.
2: Hey, Q, Raider Nation. This is KB from the 217. Uh, Just calling in. Because I've listened to podcasts these last couple weeks and I wanted to call in and kind of talk about a couple things and they're all going to kind of tie together. Um, first off, cue your episode, uh, from, I believe it was last Tuesday, um, about saluting Raider Nation. I, I know that Raider Nation is just, it's awesome to be a part of and I want to thank my pops, um, you know, for instilling that in me and being a part of this, even though, you know, sometimes we all agree, sometimes we don't always agree. Um, but what's so great is, you know, we're always going to come together. It's like a family. Um, I know people have said that most of times on this podcast. Um, but where I'm going to go with this is I was talking to my pops the other day, actually, uh, about the Raiders, and we, we were talking about the defense. And I know um, Friday or Thursday, one of the two days, I think it was Friday, you had uh the Tim Brown snippet talking about guys who have been veterans, who have been there, done that and, you know, meeting those type of guys on our team. And I, I want to mention there's one guy that has been there, done that, and hasn't really stepped up, I think, these last couple of years, and his name is Corey Littleton. I'm not trying to, you know, I don't want to make you a know, big deal about it um, or call out anybody, but I think we can all agree that he hasn't been what we've uh, maybe thought he would be or shaped out to be Um these past couple years. I feel like he really needs to step up, and he was on that Rams Super Bowl team that was uh, in the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, I believe like maybe 2017 when they played the Patriots in Atlanta. Um, But anyway, that was one guy that I thought of when you were talking about, you know, having Super Bowl-type guys on our team that have been there, done that. Um, He's one player I think has done it but hasn't, you know, stepped up. Um, But other things we had talked about, my pops and I real fast is, you know, I think we talked about on the podcast is just some of those young guys, you know, needing to step up even more, like Damian Arnett, Jonathan Abram, Cleveland Farrell. All those guys really need to step up this year. I think Damian Arnett and Clee, or not Clee, excuse me, Jonathan Abram both have big question marks, or question marks, that is. Um, So we really need them to step up. Anyway, Q, Really enjoying the podcast. Always love listening to it. Um, I appreciate everything you do. Um, You're really the only Raider content guy I listen to, so I go to you for everything, Raiders. So thank you again so much. Peace out, Raider
0: Nation. There he goes. That's KB from the 217. And Corey Littleton, that's definitely a guy that needs to step up. And in his defense, he's only been a Raider one year. And that was under Paul Gunther's system. And I've said it multiple times, and I think you, you've heard it multiple times from different sources like Vinny Bonsignor, Vic Tafer you know, Tashawn Reed, all them cats. They all said that Paul Gunther's system was so complex and so confusing that it made everybody think. And I've said it so many times. If you have to think and you're thinking in the NFL, you're going to be slow. Now, that works in college. Thinking in college is okay because most of the time you're a better athlete than the guys you're going up against. There's certain teams where you're just going to be better than the next man. But in the NFL, everybody is great, so you can't be that guy. So, yeah, I think Corey Littleton will have a real chance to thrive this year under Gus Bradley. Next up, I got a call from Raider Izzy. He's calling to talk about Julio Jones and the money side of things when it comes to him. Here he is, Raider Izzy.
1: Yo, Q, Raider Izzy. I um, wanted to chat about the uh, Julio Jones idea. Um, i totally with you, 100%. I, I agree. Um, obviously, it would bring a whole other dynamic to the offense. Um, you also brought up the money, and there, there's two different ways to look at it. So Carr, um, Carr's contract also, the guaranteed money is pretty much gone. It's just $2.5 that's that's guaranteed left on uh, for the rest of his deal. If we extend him, which it looks like they're going to do anyway. That would save a significant amount of money there. So that's one way to go about it. Two, though, here and this is my concern with the recent contracts for John Brown, Willie Sneed, and Zay Jones. Half of their money is guaranteed combined, half of it. So I just don't see the three of them. Uh, you know, I, I just don't see even without Julio. To be honest, I don't see the three of them all making the roster, which means that guaranteed money is going to be dead cap, which then comes off of what we can spend in the back end. So in theory, half of their money, I think it comes out to like three, 3.5 or something like that. They're only making like five or six combined. That's still three and a half million. You essentially would have to add on to the price tag of Julio, if you think about it, because obviously uh, t- at least two of the three of them would not be on the team if he were traded here. So I'm I'm with you on the money. Again, I know there's a hundred ways to do it and I get that. Um, and we've been pretty smart with our contracts over the years, but yeah, it's uh a, That's kind of my concern there, but um, love the show as
0: always, bro. Later. There he goes. That's my guy, Raider Izzy, and thank you so much for that call, my man. I appreciate you, and yeah, the money is always a major issue, and of course now on Monday we find out that Julio Jones is going to be angling for another contract. It's like, come on, man. That's something I've been stressing the whole time. I'm like, man, this is the deal with Julio Jones, and this is why a lot of people in Atlanta, Raider Allen, Georgia, he's a guy that always talks about it every single year. He says it too. Julio Jones is always asking for a new contract contract and a lot of times he's not available he'll have some kind of injury where he's not available uh even though it won't be he won't be available for the whole game but it'll be like he'll be in there on a pitch count so that's just he's getting older i just can't see them breaking breaking the 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 bank and giving him a new contract i just cannot see him he wants to be paid up there with the you know the top dogs the 22 million dollar guys 20 million dollar guys I don't think Julio Jones at 32 years old is worth that. Can the Raiders make it work? We'll see. But now's the time. It's put up or shut up time right now. June 1st has came, and and this is when, if he's going to get moved, it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And I do believe Julio Jones gets moved sometimes this week. I just don't believe, especially with him wanting a new contract, the Raiders are going to be players in that situation. I just don't see it. Thank you so much for that call. I appreciate you, my man. And finally, I got a tweet from Shashi. I think I said that right. I probably did not. At Shashi, J-A-I-R-A-M on Twitter. He said, Q, great pod today. Appreciate you still putting in work on a holiday. Wanted to mention a couple of things. As a retired veteran, I never get mad at people thanking me on Memorial Day. I always treat it as me accepting a message on behalf of my departed comrades. Second, if Julio Jones was 50 and had a walking stick, that wouldn't be my main concern if the Raiders traded for him. My concern is the Raiders trading. Tashawn Reed did a piece on the Raiders trades a few months ago. Raiders always come out on the losing end. They can't even seem to win when they trade away players. Can anyone say the Raiders won the Mac, Coop, or Moss trades? Heck, Raiders even got screwed trading down in the draft. They get screwed trading a newly drafted player, Bowden. although I I get why they did it. When was the last time a trade worked out for the Raiders? Richard Seymour? Nothing else jumps to mind, and we certainly know that all the Gruden two era trades have been failures. I know you haven't been beating the drums for Julio Jones and don't want to trade a first, so my comment definitely isn't directed towards you. For me, it's not the player or the value, but it's the fact that the Raiders get screwed on every trade. That's from Shashi Jairam, I think, at S H A S H I. J-A-I-R-A-M on Twitter. And thank you so much for that. And, uh, yeah, I appreciate your service. Uh, As a retired veteran, we thank you for that. Like, I, I went into great detail a little earlier. I definitely appreciate that. And as far as the trades go, the Raiders do seem like they always get terrible value on their trades, right? I mean, for the most part, especially when you go back to, you know, the years when Reggie McKenzie traded down from number three to number 12 and ended up selecting DJ Hayden, and the Dolphins hardly gave up anything for that, and they went and got Dion Jordan. Uh, I, I feel like the Raiders really should have got a lot more in that that trade, but you're only able to get what teams are willing to give you. And, you know, the Raiders and Reggie McKenzie decided to go for the banana and the tailpipe, and they went and got the, you know, they took the trade from the Miami Dolphins that wasn't really very good value. That was, that was bad. Think about this. The 49ers traded up this year from 12 to 3. And look what they gave up. The Dolphins traded up from 12 to 3. And they didn't give up anything but a second round pick for the Raiders that year. That was, that was not good value. Uh, as far as Coop goes, uh, I think that that was good value. They got a first round pick out of it. I think that was really good. I, I I was surprised that they got a first round draft pick out of out of Mari Cooper Moss fourth round draft pick that didn't work out so well. Obviously he went and balled out. Khalil Mack we're gonna argue that till you know till we go to our graves because you know you could say that the, the Bears won that, but then again they've been to the playoffs once and that was the first year and really they've kind of underachieved since they've had Khalil Mack and they gave him a big huge contract. And the Raiders they had a bunch of draft picks and you could say those draft picks have underachieved. You know outside of Josh Jacobs, so you know that's kind of. I don't know. It's kind of like a middle ground. Uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. talked about that a lot on Monday. That's just one of those situations. Didn't look like it was going to fit there. And, well, they, they moved on from him, and, and they found a way to get something instead of just releasing him. Richard Seymour, I definitely don't think that they won that trade. Uh, the Raiders gave a first-round draft pick for Richard Seymour, right? I think that was what it was. I, I I just know that that wasn't a very good trade, and he didn't do a whole lot for the Raiders. You're right. The Raiders don't really ever come out on top of, of many trades. They really don't. So, you know, I think they did okay in the Coop trade, but as far as that, everything else, I think the, the Mac trade was okay. wasn't great, but it was okay. And look, I mean, think about this. The Antonio Brown trade, I think that was okay. I think the third and the fifth round for Antonio Brown was good. They gave him a, a big contract. He just acted a fool. That was really more on Antonio Brown than it was on the Raiders, but I think getting the third and the fifth for, for AB was good. He could have been a hell of a player for the Raiders. I mean, he really could have been that guy that, well, the, now – we're all talking about Julio Jones being, you know, that top dog, that wide receiver number one, that guy that's been there, done that, and can show the others how to do it. Antonio Brown could have been that dude. He just decided he wanted to act a fool and not, you know, just just go with the team that showed him some love and, and gave him an opportunity to prove that he wasn't the problem. He actually went out there and showed that he was the problem. So – Uh, I think they did good on that trade. It just didn't work out for them in the long run, and that I don't think was on them. I think Mike Mayock, you got to give him a lot of credit for deciding to pull the plug and say, hey, this is not going to work. Again, the one thing I can give the Raiders a lot of credit for uh, in this new regime with Mike Mayock and John Gruden is that they don't try to force uh, a square into a circle. You know what I mean? Like, they don't try to uh, fit a square peg into a circle. They just don't. They they, they realize, like, hey, this doesn't fit. We're going to move on. And I respect that instead of just saying, no, this guy has to work. This guy has to work. This guy has to work. If it don't work move on from them and, and and don't set your team back any further than it's already set back. So I can respect that. But thank you so much for that tweet, my man. I definitely appreciate you. And that's going to do it for today's show, man. That's all I got for you. Appreciate all the calls, text straight out that locked on Raider podcast voicemail line. Of course, we'll be back tomorrow with more news and notes of the day. We'll have some more calls and texts and we'll have some more subjects to talk about. So until then, uh, Raider nation, do what you do again. A happy birthday to a uh, little Q who's now 18 today. Very excited about that on his uh, quest to graduate in a few days and then head on the Western Oregon to play some basketball. So shout out to Little Q for that. And uh, hey, man, until then, until tomorrow, Raider Nation, as always, just win, baby.